When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Okay, uh, I led to believe that uh, Gary Doyle is with us now. Gary, good morning to you. Thanks very much uh, for, for joining us. Um, on the eve of a test match, which is really significant uh, for New Zealand uh, and its uh, rugby fans, but equally so for Ireland, I would imagine. Even more so for for Irish fans, Ian. I think the best way to sort of put this in context for New Zealand rugby fans is to bring you back pretty pretty quickly uh, with a quick run through how poor a team Ireland were in the 1990s. You've got to remember... Um, they played in Mibia twice in the 90s. They lost twice. They played Scotland 11 times. They lost 10, drew one. They played France 11 times, lost all 11. Played Samoa, lost to Samoa, lost three in a row to Italy, lost every game against Australia, South Africa, and New Zealand. Played England 10 times, won two, lost eight. So that's the context that we're coming through. There's only been five touring teams, to the best of my knowledge, that have won series, touring series down here. So for Aaron to join that list uh, with the Australians who won twice, the Springboks who won once, British and Irish Lands that won once, and the French that won once, would be a massive, massive thing for a rugby country that has never even had a team that's made it to a World Cup semi-final. So this is bigger in many people's views, including Brian O'Driscoll's, than a Grand Slam. Wow, that is staggering to, to hear that importance, those statistics rolled off uh, before us. You know, uh, Gary, three weeks ago, I was talking with a couple of uh, journalists uh, prior to the first test at Eden Park, and they're a little bit worried that um, Andy Farrell had a un- might have under-budgeted in terms of uh, the number of players he had on tour. Three weeks ago, uh, that was, and now uh, we find he's basically been able to name un- an unchanged test team like, almost three weeks in a row, apart from the odd niggle. Uh, so he's pretty well got it right and achieved uh, pretty much what he wanted to in that regard. Yes, Ian, that's a really interesting point because Farrell deliberately went with a small squad, a smallish squad of 40 players, because he wanted to mimic uh, what was coming down the tracks in next year's World Cup in terms of being able to be adaptable, uh, being able to to cope with whatever sort of mini crisis you would get in terms of injuries, suspensions or COVID cases. And that has proven to be the case. Now, there, before the first test, there was a, a bit of a problem in terms of the proper placements and were running pretty pretty low um, like there was a player Ed Byrne was coming into as cover and he got stuck in uh, I think it was Qatar on his way out here but that's that they have adapted they have uh, reacted to every situation and the problems have been really with the the B team or the Tuesday team as opposed to with the test team they've only had to make one change from the first test to the second and another one change from the second test to the third so they've had a settled side and they've had a settled side pretty much in throughout this season and like 11 of the players that start tomorrow from Leinster so because they have that familiarity and because they have uh, that understanding of each other's roles they've been able to hit the ground running here 
Having said that too, Gary, um, that result uh, on Tuesday night in Wellington against uh, the Maori All Blacks, I think was one of the highlights for me as well because what you what you want to do in, when you have a midweek team is try and build depth. I, I think in some areas that has been, uh, I, I think that's been very obvious that that's happened. It was a huge win. Like it was the first win in four attempts for Ireland against the Maoris. Again, to the best of my knowledge, I'm, I'm open to be corrected, I think it was only the third defeat in 19 years for the Maoris. So again, this, mm. these are big moments for Irish rugby, not just because we had a fairly average history up until the start of this century, but also because this was a pretty young team. There were five on-cap players in the team, uh, of the starting 15, 12 of them had seven caps or fewer. So it wasn't as if they were loaded with uh, with top-class experience. And we saw some players come of age. Like One of the players that really stood out was a little scrum half, Craig Casey. And he, he's a real, he, he offers a different option to what Gibson Park mm. and Connor Murray bring. The, the out half, Kieran Frawley, had a super game. And again, like that was only his third start at 10 this year. Because Leinster, he's the fourth choice out half at Leinster again. That's one of the things that Farrell has really done impressively. He has identified players that aren't necessarily first choice at their clubs. And there's there are as many as 11 of those guys on this 40-man squad. And those players have been able to, to profit from being training at a higher level and from being given the confidence of a national coach believing in them. And he's able to see which players... He's got a vision of which players suit international rugby and which players are likely to peak in 2023. Because a big problem for Ireland at the last World Cup was that two or three other players peaked in 2018 and by 2019 they were, they were past their best. Well, one of those players you're talking about clearly is uh, Johnny Sexton. Uh, when he runs out tomorrow, it'll be his 108th cap, equaling uh, former captain Paul O'Connell. Now, if Ireland pull this off, does uh, does Johnny Sexton, in your eyes, go down as uh, their greatest captain or one-off? Never mind the greatest captain. And I think Sexton goes down as Ireland's greatest player at this stage. And I know I, I know that's going to cause a great deal of offence to Brian O'Driscoll fans or even further back to guys that remember Mike Gibson. But when you look at Sexton's CV, and he's won the Heineken Cup four times, O'Driscoll won a three. He's won the Grand Slam and two other Six Nations Championships. That's again, that's one more than O'Driscoll. He, he has beaten the All Blacks on four occasions. And each, each time, Ireland would never have won any of those matches without him steering the ship home. O'Driscoll was a superb player, really gifted. His highlights reel is, is long and extended. And we're not saying he's not a superstar. We're just saying that Sexton's achievements are even, are even greater than that. Because for, for, People of my generation, Ian, when we were growing up, we never got close to New Zealand. We never got close to Australia. We never got close to South Africa. So we're living through a time now where Ireland are defeating the Springboks away from home for the first time in 2016, defeating the the Wallabies away from home in a series for the first time since 1979, and defeating the All Blacks for the first time in 111 years anywhere in Chicago in 2016, following it up with victories in 20. 18 and 2021 over the All Blacks, and now a first ever away win over the All Blacks here. Sexton is his fingerprints are all over those victories, so he is the guy that has brought Irish rugby on to an even higher level. There's two boxes left to tick in terms of Irish rugby's achievements. One is to get a series win here, and the second one is to get to a World Cup semi final. I don't think 
they will get the second unless they get the first here. Okay. Bundy Aki comes in at 12 uh, tomorrow. That's for Gary Ringrose, of course, ruled out. Um, I, I, it's been all sorts of furor about uh, what should and shouldn't have happened around the, that card, that collision, those card systems, etc. Uh, what was your take on it from uh, from your point of view? I thought he was really unlucky to be sent off, I have to admit. I thought, uh, I'm convinced it was a pure accident. So I felt they were unlucky on that score. But then, just prior to that, Ian, Sexton made a lovely break down the left and uh, he made a slip pass through and, and Ringrose was, was taken off the ball. Um, not not harshly, but uh, it was it was cynical. Um, and that probably should have been a penalty try and a red card. And then we saw a very similar incident in the in the match on Tuesday night when uh, mm. the has got a penalty try from a very similar scenario that unfolded in the second half of that game. I think it's a good point you make, Ian, because while Ireland were pretty comfortable winners last week, probably the most comfortable they've been in their four victories over the All Blacks in recent years, you also have to take into account that for 57 minutes of the game, they had a numerical advantage. And I just don't think we're going to, we're going to get that um, edge tomorrow. And what's going to be really interesting is how Wayne Barnes officiates, because the All Blacks traditionally come back from a defeat with a lot of aggression and the tram bullied their way to victory and it's going to be interesting to see how Barnes stands up to that firstly and secondly how Ireland stand up to that mm, Very interesting indeed uh, What have you made uh, looking in from the outside around the, the pressure around the All Blacks um, and the way that they've been playing, has it uh, surprised you to the extent that the, the, the pressure uh, they appear to be under? Yeah, it's given me a real insight to how dramatic uh, it is to be at a press conference when you see a head coach getting scrutinised the way that, that Foster has. I remember him as an assistant on the 2016 tour to Europe when he came to Ireland and the questions then were preceded with uh, the affectionate nickname Fozzy and everybody was convivial mm. and, and very, very friendly and he was a really relaxed guy. Here it's clear that he's under pressure. You speak to people around town and it's clear that the person they want is in charge is Scott Robertson and I find it pretty uncomfortable viewing, Ian, I have to admit because he seems a decent man he seems a real rugby man, a guy that served a long apprenticeship and he's come into the job, and like he's the All Blacks have lost six games under his uh, stewardship. Andy Farrell's Ireland have lost seven games uh, from from twenty six matches, so it's very very similar stats. And yet Farrell is considered like there was a really glowing um, column written by Warren Gatland in the Daily Telegraph in the UK yesterday about Farrell's. <laughs> Coaching genius, whereas Foster, with a very similar record, is is basically getting it in the knack, and it's it's hard to watch. I have to admit, it's hard to watch. Great continuity around uh, your loose forwards. Uh, I think it's fair to say, Gary Fundafli uh, has been outstanding, as is Doris and Omani, a genuine pack leader to the point now where he's uh, throwing verbal insults at an all-black captain. And the years gone by, that was quite a dangerous thing to do. But I think it's also quite reflective of where, where Ireland feel they are at the moment against the All Black Pack. Yeah, the three, Doris, Van der Fleer and O'Mahony have been outstanding. Doris, not so much in the first test, but certainly in the second test, and he's had a really good season. 
he looks like the player that could end up as Ireland captain, Ian. He has got an all-court game, and he's a tough boy as well. And he's also got a real uh, ov- obvious uh, leadership qualities. So I think he could be the guy that you could be talking about for the next 10 years. Uh, Van der Fleer is at the peak of his career. He's playing absolutely outstanding rugby and has done for the last 12 months. And the interesting thing, again, it goes back to Farrell's management of people. He had a good long chat with him last year, told him precisely what he had to do to, to move his game onto a different level, which was basically improve his ball carrying. And he has done that. He is a much better ball carrier than he was 12 months ago. And in addition to that, his, his energy levels, his ability to hit rocks, to do the basics, to put his tackles in, is, is pretty impressive. Um, it's, it's a key, key area for Ireland and has been since Joe Schmidt became head coach in 2013 because they've realised that... You know, the number of rooks in a game, I think it was they had 120 rooks in the Eden Park test. If you can control that area, you have a good chance of dictating the terms and conditions of the game. And that was certainly the case for the majority of, of, of Schmidt's era in charge, Ian. And let's be frank, it was pretty much the case last Saturday. It certainly was. Uh, Gary, what, what will be the signs as you look down from um, the press box tomorrow? Uh, what will be the early signs for you about the direction this test is going to take? Uh, first Irish throw, uh, Sam Whitelock, and does he bully the uh, Irish locks the way he did in the first test at Eden Park? Uh, first Irish scrum, uh, Andrew Porter, the loose head, who had a really good game last week, scoring the two tries. He did concede one scrum penalty, but he also won a couple as well. But let's see how he goes on uh, against a new tight head this weekend. If Ireland get their set piece right, I'd actually be pretty confident. Um, if they don't, I think the All Blacks will be uh, having their day of redemption. Okay. Well, Gary Doyle, it's been a pleasure having you in this country. Uh, it's been great that you've been able to witness uh, a little bit of history along Ireland's path. And if they win tomorrow night, it will be super, super as you've outlined. So thanks for your time uh, this morning, Gary. Enjoy the, the rest of your time in the country. Travel safe. Thank you. Thanks very much, Ian. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.